Lee Bates. And as I remember reading, she was a secretary in New York in the late 1800s, and she took a train to uh, Colorado, and she wrote down things that she saw, and she wrote this song. But uh, one thing in verse 2 that uh, she said, God, men, thine every flaw. And we do still pray today that God will mend every flaw. Let's sing that this morning. America the Beautiful. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies are amber waves of Ushers, come forward, please.
We invite you to join with us this morning as we give unto the Lord his tithes and our love offerings. We can never, never outgive God. He has blessed us abundantly. Let us pray. Father, we do praise you and we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for how you have blessed us so abundantly. Now, Father, as we give back unto you, we thank you that you'll take it, you'll bless it, you'll further your kingdom with it, and you'll bless those that are obedient unto you and give it. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all please stand again. Let's now pledge allegiance to the United States flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let's now sing this. National Anthem.
still remain standing, please. Following the Civil War, people placed flowers on graves of those that died during the war. So it became known as Decoration Day. I know growing up in the 50s, there's a lot of people that called it Decoration Day then. Uh, a lot of the older neighbors we had, and I remember going up to uh, our small park in this little town of Coderville, Illinois. Tim Dagner calls it the suburb of Sparta where he grew up. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was about three times larger. Anyway, uh, later on, well, in that park, they'd have a Memorial Day service. It was the last, month, the last day of May. And uh, I remember there's about 20, maybe 20 white crosses with uh, soldiers' names on it that had, were that passed away, that gave their lives in, in war for our freedom that we do have. Later on, it became known as Memorial Day, the last day of May, and it was changed to the last Monday in May when it became an official, official holiday in 1971. And there's a saying, all gave some, but some gave of all. And tomorrow, today and tomorrow, tomorrow is that day to remember those thousands that gave all. Let's now remember those that did give all as we listen to the taps. now saying God bless
There we go. We're going to do uh, the Battle Hymn of Republic, and anyone who feels free to join in, you're welcome to join in. The words will be on the screen.
wheelchair back there. Thank you, Becky. We praise God that we have the opportunity to live in a place called America in all of its fallacies and all of its shortcomings in all those trials and tribulations we still are blessed above any nation in the world that I am familiar with. And God continues even with our lackadaisical attitude of serving Him, He continues to bless us. As we have looked at the last few weeks about the missionary journeys of Paul, we found Paul beginning the very first trip, going out and literally looking for that one person that would respond to the true gospel. Today, as I have worked with missionaries around the world, that psychology has not changed. They still go looking for that one person that will listen to the gospel and respond. They don't go looking for a big church. They don't go looking for the multitudes. They look for the one. And from that, God does a work. And then we saw the next trip that Paul took was to encourage through the time and start of the work. And now in the third missionary journey that we started last week, we find Paul going back to individual churches that he had started and looking up individual followers. And he didn't go to chastise. He didn't even go to teach most of them. But he went to encourage them. Because in Paul's day, just as in our day, there's sin, trial, tribulation. Those that want to make fun of what you're saying or doing, or just make light of it. And those folks needed to be encouraged. And it's exciting to me when I think about how the in the Bible it says, and they look forward to Paul coming. They look forward to that encouragement. They look forward to Paul coming and saying, is there anything I can help you with? Let me pray with you. Let me encourage the work. We can never have 
too much encouragement that's done in the proper manner. I'm not talking about flattery. I'm not talking about just saying, oh, how great you are. But I am talking about what Paul says. I want to encourage you in the truth of the gospel. And the truth of the gospel is what makes a difference in our lives. This morning, I would like for us to look, starting in Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 1, we're going to look at 1 through 10, and then we're going to try to finish out through verse 20 today, if at all possible. But in verse 1 of chapter 19, the word says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul passed through the upper region and came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized of redemption, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on the Christ Jesus. And when they had heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophecies. Now the men were there about twelve, And he went unto the synagogue, and he spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples and reasoned daily in the school of Tyrannus, and this contended for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both the Jew and the Greek or the Gentile. Lord God, I pray that we would be an encourager, even as Paul. And Lord God, when we meet someone that does not quite understand about the word, that we'll not be critical, but we'll pray for them and we'll encourage them and we will share the truth with them in a manner that will draw them to you. Now, Lord God, you speak this morning clearly, boldly, and loudly to our hearts. And we just give you praise for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to share a notice. First of all, Paul, as he traveled, was across the part of of, uh, Asia, but ended up in, in Ephesus. 
that the first thing he went to looking for was believers. He didn't go to the to, to any activities or anything that was going on. He wanted to find believers, and and when he found them, they were not believers that had the knowledge that Paul had. And it's so important that we realize that there's a lot of people in the world that have just a smidgen of understanding, just a smidgen of knowledge. And maybe they don't have the full picture. Or maybe the person that was teaching them, even as John the Baptist did, didn't have the full picture. Whenever He taught him everything. He taught them everything he knew. He taught them about repentance. Here we find Paul finding 12 at this particular time. And he says, in whose name were you baptized? See, he had already dealt with this in other places. But he didn't come in and say, well now, if you were baptized in some other name other than the name of Jesus, you're all wrong. Now sometimes I have been around people that approach it in that manner. And they put people down and put them on the defense instantly. When you put them on the defense, you're not apt to get through to them. But Paul says, listen, let me share with you the truth. Let me share with you about the one that John said was going to come after him. Let me share with you about Jesus Christ, the one that God sent. The one that paid the price on the cross. The one that was buried in a tomb. The one that was resurrected. The one that sits at the right hand of the Father. Let me tell you about the Christ. And I can only imagine these men that were very sold out. As many people are today to what they believe. And as they heard more of the truth. They had not been taught falsely. They just hadn't been taught the entire picture. And here all at once, they, it opens up. All at once, what they had been taught, the one that was going to come, they find out it's already been there. He's already come. He's already, he's already paid the price. He's in heaven now with the Father. Wow! We can get the entire story. It's time for us as Christians to share the complete story. But we need to do it in an attitude of love, in an attitude of understanding, in an attitude of saying, come on and join with me. And you say, well, now how do you know that, that Paul did that? Well, the Word says he continued to teach Boy, if you offend somebody, it's kind of hard to get them to continue to sit under you. It's kind of hard to continue teaching them anything because you've already hurt their feelings or made them mad. And here it says, And Paul continued in the synagogue for two years until those that turned against him. Is that anything new to Paul? Every time he turned around, there was somebody that was trying to make him quit preaching the gospel. 
you do realize, even in America, at this point in time, there are factions that are striving to keep us from preaching the gospel. Striving to keep us from living out the gospel. I was told just in the last day or so that a little girl was not allowed to sing a Christian song. That she was singing to herself in school. It made, him, made her quit singing it. And when the word was said, well, there is freedom of speech, well, that's different. This is a public school, and they can't do it. There are those factions that's doing everything in their power to squelch the knowledge, the presence of Christ Jesus. And we need, we must continue sharing about Jesus. I would like for us to stop a moment and think about the last time that you shared Jesus with somebody. What was the last time that you took a moment to share Jesus? I got a, I got a, a text from my grandson, from Cherry Mine's grandson's wife, Jennifer. And she had a, had a salesman come to her door. Knocked on the door and was selling security equipment. And she took the time and she says, well, I tell you what, I'll talk to you if you'll let me talk to you. And he says, okay. And she shared about Christ Jesus and gave him the plan of salvation. And come to find out he evidently was saved or at least was open to it. And then he says, now it's my turn and I'll share with you about my security system. Which I don't know if they got one or not, but what, what matters is the gospel was shared. It's important for us if we can't literally tell somebody when we have the opportunity... We must live it out before them. But Paul says, I want you to know the truth. And he spent the time in the synagogue, not only teaching this twelve, but continually teaching those that would come until, the word tells us, until there was a hardness that turned against him. People's hearts were hardened, evidently, they came to the point of saying, we don't want to hear it anymore. We don't want you teaching in the synagogue anymore. Their hearts were hardened. The Word of God tells us that there are many people in this world that have turned their backs on Jesus, and their heart is hardened. Some even to the point of being beyond the capability of being saved. Now, I pray that there are few in that position. Someone asked me, well, what has to happen before they get to the point of being beyond salvation? I do not know. That's between God and them. 
not me. Praise God for that. But in verse 8, Paul continued. He didn't quit just because they ran him out of the synagogue. He didn't quit just because they didn't want him there. It says he left the synagogue and he went to a person's home and he continued for two years preaching, teaching in his home. I, I think it's important that we realize regardless of the place we can share the gospel of Jesus. I have seen our missionaries there was a gentleman that I worked with in Brazil by the name of Luther Williams. He was a little short missionary about this tall. He was a little spitfire. And I saw Luther standing in water in the middle of a uh, water that had alligator, or uh, I'm sorry, caiman and, and other critters in it, including piranha. And he was standing in water just about knee deep. And there was a group of little Brazilians, men and women alike, up on the bank. And he was standing out so he could see them and they could see him. And standing in that water. And he preaching the gospel. And in a little bit, one of the Brazilians waded out to him, got him by the arm, and says, you need to, in Portuguese, you need to come back up on the bank. The piranha are gathering. In the spite of all consequences, he was sharing the gospel. When you share the gospel, God looks after you. That little Brazilian was not saved. I pray he came to know Jesus at some time. But he was willing to be aware that the man that was sharing the gospel was in danger. Just as this man that opened his home whenever Paul was preaching in the synagogue and they were giving him bits, he opened his home so that they could come there and continue teaching. We don't have to meet in a church. We don't have to meet in a building. We can meet out in the woods, out by the lake. <laughs> you can even meet in a lean-to in the middle of the jungle in Guatemala where there's nothing but a what I'd call a Molokov cocktail for light. It was a jug with kerosene in it and a rag poked in it, lit and burning. And that was all the light there was. But you know those people came there and they worshipped. And they listened to the missionary teach and preach. And the word says, and they came and they listened as Paul taught them the word of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe and spoke evil of the way or of the true believers, that was the way, the church as we know it, before the multitude departed from them and witnessed the disciples, reasoning daily at the school of Tyrannius. And this continued for two years, who dwelt in Asia. Her, everyone who dwelt in Asia heard the gospel. Everyone heard 
the gospel the Jew and the Greek what was Paul's main call what was he called to do two things to share the gospel and to encourage to share the truth and to encourage I don't think it's changed a bit in the world today I think we still need to be sharing the gospel, the truth, and encouraging those around us. Now, if we look in verse 11 and following, it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body and laid on the sick and diseased. They left them and evil spirits went out from among them. And some, now listen closely folks, then some of the errant Jews, itinerant Jews, I'm sorry, exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits in saying, we exhort you by the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of the Jews, chief priests, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, now folks, listen closely. Jesus we know. We know the Bible tells us evil spirits know Jesus. The devil themselves know who Jesus was and acknowledge him. Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? If we're not doing things in the true name of Jesus Christ, folks, there is no power. There is no recognition. There is no presence of God the Holy Spirit. They were doing it in their own power, hoping, I know, to make money out of it. And here we find Jesus didn't recognize them. I mean, sorry, the, the, uh, those that they were casting them out, the demons didn't recognize them, yet they said, we know who Jesus is. We know who Paul is. And they just as well said, we know you're not a believer because who are you? Who are you? Folks, are we striving to do the things today in the power, presence of Jesus? Or are we trying to do it ourselves? Are we trying to do it in our own wisdom and our own strength? Are we trying to do it in our own organizations? <laughs> Are we trying to do it through great programs? Folks, there's nothing like the Word of God. There's nothing on this face of this earth that has the power of the presence of God the Holy Spirit. If we want to work and do things in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, the demons will recognize that work that we're doing. Now, they may fight against us. They may stand against us. But, folks, we know Jesus has already won the battle. So we will win. And then it says, And then the man in whom the evil spirits 
had leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and beaten. This became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus Christ was magnified. When you do things for God, when God works in our lives, it's great. Whenever we let the devil win, as they did in the wrong manner, it causes fear. And here we find there was great fear. Now what made the difference? The difference was the gospel that was preached. We find them saying, they gathered together those that made a living or those that practiced witchcraft, those that practiced demonology. They turned to the Lord. And they wanted to be saved, and they were saved. And it says that when they were saved, they gathered together and they brought all of their books about demonology and witchcraft and everything piled about in the middle of the city. Now, what were they saying? They were saying to everybody around them, we're walking away from evil. We're walking away from witchcraft. We're walking away from demonology. We're walking away from doing it in our own power. And we're accepting Jesus Christ. And we want you to see it. Here is a stack of all of our books and magazines and writings. Everything that we've taught. Everything we've practiced. And we're burning them. You say, well, that's no big deal. The Word of God says it was 50 pieces of silver. A lot of money. 50. Am I right? How many did it say? That didn't sound right when I said it. Uh, 50,000. That's better. That sounds better. It didn't sound right in my head when I said it. 50,000 pieces of silver. It was burnt right there. I mean, in books. I've got to tell you a little story right quickly concerning witchcraft, black magic. This actually happened. I mean, it happened... So that lady sitting right out there by the name of Cherry Mills. She was teaching some students at another church. And as she was teaching them about Jesus and about salvation and, and all, one of the little girls said, you can't do that. My grandmother is going to cast an evil spell on you. And she's a witch. Well, the little girl wasn't kidding. She was a witch. She was a practicing witch that lived in this area. And Cherry says, I tell you what, you go home and you tell your grandmother that I'd like to meet with her. I'll come to her house. I'd like to meet with her. The next week, the little girl came back and says, my grandmother won't meet with you. My grandmother won't come. And I think her grandmother knew the power of Jesus. 
She was afraid of the power of Jesus. Now, folks, the devil is strong. Evil spirits are strong. They're real. I know some folks laugh and say, oh, there's no such thing. You're wrong. They're very real. They're very, very real. But listen to me well. If you're a born-again believer, you have victory over those evil spirits because of Jesus Christ. You have total victory over them. They may, listen, they may oppress you, but they will never be able to possess you because you already belong to the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. You have victory over them. So, so don't go around worrying about whether the devil or the evil spirits are going to possess They're not going to possess you. They can't oppress you. But all you have to do is claim in Jesus Christ and that, that, that oppression will be removed too. It's all up to us. Coming to that point as Paul worked and taught and shared the truth of the gospel. In verse 19, he says, Also many of those who heard and practiced witchcraft brought their books together, burned them in the sight, and counted value of a total of 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mighty and prevailed. Do we really want the Word of God to grow? Do we really? Or do we just want to go through the motions? Are we willing to say, let's let God do it? This morning, as Cherry and I pray before we come to church, my wife prayed, Lord God, let the revival start. Not in J. Frank, not in Mac. But Lord God, let the revival start in my heart. And folks, that's where it's got to start. It's got to start in our individual hearts. And the only way that's going to happen is whenever we turn it over to God. And we say, okay, God, we have the encouragement, we have the truth, we know the word. But Lord God, we want you to build a fire right here. We want you to remind us that we're not property of the devil. We're not property of the world. We are property of God. And we have an eternity with God. Therefore, God, in all the trial, in all the tribulation, even in all the sadness we have in our world, God, we know we have victory in Jesus. And I want it to start right here. I want it to start in my heart. I have learned over the years... That when God does a work, 
in one heart, it's generally catching in other hearts. Very, very seldom is there just one that has a change. As you saw in these studies of Paul, he started with one and there became the churches. We'll see as we continue how the churches that are spoken of in Revelation, how Paul started them and how they grew and how they served the Lord. It's not any different with our church today. Several, many actually, years ago, Montney Baptist Church was started down on Montney Creek. Montney Creek is now that part where the church was is now underwater when they put the lake in. About 20 feet when the lake's at normal pool. The folks that started the church there was out of First Baptist Church, Rogers. But whenever that came in, the Corps of Engineers said, we've got to take this over, and they bought it. And they came up, and this property was given to Montney Baptist Church by the Mustaine family. And that little red building over there was built. And that church that started down on Montney Creek continued to grow, continued to flourish. But I'm told that that little church on Montney Creek was started with four people when it actually began. Whenever it became a church, they were all the way up 19 or 20 and first church organized it as a church why because there were believers there were those teaching the gospel and there were those that were encouraging them to keep on keeping on I'm sure it was very disappointing when they had to move from that beautiful setting down on Montenegro Creek to here but you have to remember back then, this wasn't in town. This was out in the country here. But still, they didn't give up. They didn't quit. They continued sharing the gospel right over there. The church continued to grow and continued to grow. Now you see where we are. This was in 1982. Because of encouragement, because there was those that were faithful that started down there that kept on keeping on. And that's what Paul taught them. Keep on keeping on. Now folks, now it's our turn. Now it's our turn. It's our turn to keep on keeping on. It's our turn to continue sharing the gospel. It's our turn to continue encouraging those that come in. Those that visit. 
It's our turn to stand fast in Jesus Christ against the devil and the world. You see, it hasn't changed from the day of Paul to right now. It's still the same. And we're still doing the same thing through the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. How do we do it? We do it through being obedient. We do it through being filled with God the Holy Spirit. We do it by saying, Lord God, what would you have me do? And then stepping up and doing it. So this morning, I was encourage you. Say, Lord God, start here. Start here. And show me what you would have me do. And I'm willing. Now folks, that's about full. Start here. Show me and I'm willing. That's a mouthful. That's a big commitment. But you see, that's the commitment God wants from us. And it has to start with revival in our hearts. Of saying, Lord God, I want your will more than anything else. That's what all those that were practicing witchcraft and all did. God, we want your will. We're going to burn it right here. And they came before him. So this morning, just a moment, we're going to have a moment of invitation. As y'all know, we don't tarry, we don't last, we don't just keep on keeping on trying to talk people into doing what we don't want an emotional thing. We want folks to be obedient to God. And when you're obedient to God, you'll be just kind of like Isaiah, Lord God, here am I, send me. Doesn't take a great long time to figure it out. Here am I, God, send me. I'll do it. So I encourage you today, these prayer altars are right here. They need to be used. They need to have folks on their knees before God saying, Lord God, here am I, use me. Clean me up. I'm right here. If you need me to pray with you, share with you, I'll be glad to. Paul stayed and preached. Are you willing to keep on serving God? Lord God, I thank you and I praise your name for your presence in our midst. Lord God, I thank you for Paul. I thank you for his wisdom, his commitment, his selling out to you. I thank you, Lord God, that even today there will be those that will be obedient to you. We thank you for this special day, a day of, of memory and a day of honoring those that paid the ultimate price. But Lord God, I'd pray we would honor your son that also paid the ultimate price. And we would be obedient unto you. Now Lord God, have your way and your will in the lives of these your people. And we pray this in Jesus' precious in holy name. Amen. And amen. Would you stand with us, Brother Harold? You come on right now as God leads.
Prayer altars are here. You come. You pray. You just follow the leader of, leadership of God the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, come on. I long to be perfectly whole. I want Thee forever to ransom Just come on right now. Come as God leads. Whatever God's asking you to do, whether it be join the church, whether it be to be baptized, whether it be to be saved, you come on. Don't wait. Don't tarry. Come on to the Lord right now. Come on. We praise God for each and every one of you here. You remember we will not have services tonight. It says no in the bulletin today, and that's correct. So we will not. You enjoy the time with your families. Enjoy the time with what God has blessed us with in a great nation. I encourage you. Don't turn your back on God. Don't just become lackadaisical. Keep the fires burning. Keep them burning so that we can reach a world that's without Jesus and that believers can be encouraged as they go through the life. Have a great and wonderful, wonderful holiday. Brother S.T. Ledger Wood, would you dismiss us, brother?
Amen.